Thank you for tuning in to RTM Nation Online, where we believe that you will receive the abundance of peace, prosperity, security, stability, health, healing, and truth. If you would like to learn more about the ministry, click the link below. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Now let's get into the message. Amen. All right, y'all ready to get in the word? Yes. My goodness. Who was here last Wednesday? You enjoyed the word last Wednesday? Give God some praise for that. Having the mind of Christ. Pastor Deborah taught that. That message, and it, you know, it sure did bless me. I'm telling you, um, man. Especially that part when she started talking about them five-year-olds. Y'all remember that? See, only you know, y'all folk who children grown, y'all probably skipped over that part. But for those of us who have, I happen to have a five-year-old. I'm, I, I, I perked up when she talk, started talking about that five-year-old, and I started thinking about my five-year-old. Mackenzie, y'all need to intercede for Mackenzie. <laughs> Pray she gets saved in the name of Jesus. Pastor Deborah said their minds ain't having their minds haven't developed yet. They're still developing. And I was like, thank you, God, for the reminder. You reminded me. That's what it is. Because you know, sometimes she she says some things that that. that that are beyond her years, but then right after she does something and says something that's like, oh yeah, you five, you five, you just five years old. And uh, I'm, I'm so grateful that, that I got that reminder last, uh, last Wednesday. Amen? Amen? Yes. So, you know, I would have y'all stretch your hands to the factory and we pray for the McKenzie right now. <laughs> I was going to take some money out of her piggy bank and come and sow an offering on her behalf. Because if she had the mind of Christ, she would have known to sow an offering. She would be sowing that offering. Thank you, Lord. My daddy heard that word. I might just make it to six. Amen. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. Those of you that know me know I love my girls. Amen. But, you know, she's getting a good foundation and and um, I'm thankful for the foundation that I have, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Amen? Yeah. So we're going to talk about a firm foundation. Say that. I got a firm, got a firm foundation. foundation. All right, so let's talk about your foundation. We're going to start in Isaiah 28. Isaiah 28, verse 16, from the King James Version. Glory to God. Firm foundation. And this is what it says. It says, therefore, thus saith the Lord God. So right away, I want you to notice who's talking. Notice who's been talking to you. Not just anybody, but the Lord God has been talking to you, and he's telling you what he's already done for you. He's about to tell you what he's already done for you. So the Lord God says, behold, I lay in Zion. You got that? And I like that part too. He says, behold, I lay in Zion. He didn't say I hired somebody. He didn't say I delegated this responsibility to other people. But he says, I lay in Zion. He took it in his own hands. The father took responsibility to lay the foundation. He says, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone. And then look what it says next. A what? A tried stone. 
a tried stone. So not just any old stone, not just any rock or pebble, but a tried stone. And the point that I want to make here is that we have to stop being seduced by trends that haven't been tested. Stop being seduced by trends that haven't been tested. Stop being seduced by, you know, the fashions and the, the customs, you know, Pastor Paul um, talked to, talk to us about following after the philosophies of men that are ever-changing. Stop being seduced by the trends, trends of society, right? You know, you, you are a Christian. You're a believer. You shouldn't run to the most popular self-help person or the self-help philosophy, you know, all these people listening to their advice and their information, it's all trends. The Father says, I laid for you a tested foundation, a tested stone, right? Listen, and another thing about, you know, you, you, if, we are, if you're moved by trends, each time you switch, each time you, you, know, you pick up on another trend, you are deferring the reward of consistency. Consistency has a reward. But every time you're moved by the latest trend or the latest philosophy or the latest way of thinking, you're deferring the reward of, of consistency. God gave you a word. God already gave you a word. God gave you a word a long time ago. But every time you drop that word in order to pick up something some popular person is saying or some trendy person is saying, you've just deferred the reward of consistency. There is a reward connected to the word that God gave you. But when you sit it down to pick up something else, you've just deferred. Listen, I didn't say you canceled, but you've deferred the reward of just being consistent. The foundation God has given you has been tested, tested and proven. A precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. And then it says, he that believes shall not make haste. He that believes shall not make haste. Another way to say this is that he that believes will not panic. He that believes will not panic. Things are happening. Things happen in society. Things happen in the world around you. Things happen in your life. But because you believe in the foundation that's been laid for you, you will not panic. You will not panic. You will not panic. Another way to say this is a trusting life will not fall apart. Oh, man, that's good stuff right there. That's one to chew on. A trusting life will not fall apart. A trusting life will not fall apart. The person who trusts the, trust the foundation that, that was provided by the Father, that person will not fall apart. That person can stand in a storm and just have resolve and make a decision that I am going to stand, and that person will not fall apart. No matter what's happening around you, you can have people around you falling apart, but the person that trusts in what God has already provided, that person will not fall apart. A trusting life will not fall apart. That is good news. Good news. Good news. You're trying to hold it all together. 
You're trying to hold it all together. You know, your arms ain't even big enough to hold it all together. You can't even reach it all. You're trying to hold it all together the best that you can. The scripture says, no, just trust. A trusting life will not fall apart. Amen? Glory to God. Listen, don't add to or try to repair an old, cracked, ill-laid foundation. Don't add to, don't even try to make repairs on an old, cracked, ill-laid foundation. What are you saying, Pastor Lamar? Some people try to add some Jesus to the other foundation they already have. Come on now. Y'all met some folk, you know. They have this, they have a, a, a religious mind, you know, really, you know, um, you know, the superstitious type of mind. They don't want to let go of the foundation that they've built for themselves or the things that they've been doing, but every now and then they just want to add a little bit of Jesus. <laughs> you know, no, no, you cannot try to repair or fix the foundation that you brought to the table, trade it in for the real foundation, right? And you can't have two foundations. You can't take the cornerstone that the Father provides and add it to the foundation you've already set for yourself. Right? Replace your, sake, your shaky foundation for a new one. And what's the foundation that we're talking about? We're talking about Christ. Amen? Christ is the cornerstone. Listen. The master builder or the father, God the father, doesn't take time to lay a good foundation. God the father doesn't take time to lay a good foundation. What's a good foundation? Um, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20, it talks about our foundation. Our foundation, the foundation for a believer. Say, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. This is your foundation. In the foundation for your life. So you don't have to guess at it. It's not for you to make it up on your own. We already read that the father will lay it down for you. He took it. It's his. He took the responsibility to provide for you the foundation. My goodness, that's good news. He took it upon himself to lay for you a foundation. What is the foundation? According to Ephesians chapter two, verse 20, Jesus is the cornerstone. Jesus is the cornerstone. What is a cornerstone? The cornerstone is everything else depends on the cornerstone. Everything else rests on the cornerstone. Jesus is the cornerstone. In your foundation, you have Jesus as the cornerstone along with the apostles and the prophets. That's our foundation. What does it mean, the apostles and the prophets? You know, what it means is the doctrine of the apostles, those that, I mean, you can go back as far as you, you can. Those men and women of God that were used to set in wise counsel from God. That's in your foundation. What does it mean, the prophets? The prophets, those who have spoken over the years on God's behalf. Those that have declared the word of God. That's in your foundation. We'll talk about that some more later. That's the foundation that God has given you. God the Father has already provided for you a foundation, and Jesus as the cornerstone. Well, why is that important to have Jesus as the cornerstone? Because you know, he brings it all together, right? His finished works, our lives rest in his finished work. 
the apostles' doctrine, and the word spoken from the prophet. That is our foundation. That's the foundation that you stand on. Y'all ready? The master builder doesn't take time to lay a good foundation only to put a shack of a life on it. God the Father, the master builder, didn't give you that sure foundation. Jesus as your cornerstone, the doctrine of the apostles, and the word from the prophets to put a shack house on top of it. He didn't give you that foundation for you to build a shack life, a little shantytown life on top of that foundation. Come on now. Ooh, glory. Oh, shoot. <laughs> so stop trying to rig your life together. Stop trying to rig stuff together. Can I say nig rig in church? <laughs> you trying to... <laughs> what you call it, Jerry? You trying to Jerry rig your life together. Rig some stuff up on top of the foundation that the Father's provided you. Come on, think about it. Think about it. Just bring it in. Bring it in. God the Father provided for you a foundation with Jesus as your cornerstone, the apostles, and the prophets. That's your foundation. You don't put no sack life on top of that. You don't rig nothing up on top of that. Oh, my goodness. I'm not going to get ahead of myself. Look at Ezekiel chapter 13. Now, this, 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 this next part, I'm going to tell you, it's a little abrasive. But every now and then, we need a little you know, something to shake us up a little bit, right? Ezekiel 13, from the Amplified. I'm going to skip around a little bit. I'm starting at verse number one. Ooh, glory to God. And it says, y'all understand the foundation that you stand on? You understand that you, your life, your born-again life, you, God moved you from that old broke up foundation and placed you on Jesus, the apostles and the prophets. And that's the foundation that you have. That's your foundation. That's the foundation for your life. Oh, my goodness. And it's not something that you had to do on your own. It's something that he did for you. It's not something I didn't have to figure out my own foundation. We don't have to go and try to find our own foundation. When we came into the family, he set us on the foundation. And it's something, the foundation has, has weathered the test of time. While all other foundations fade out, and fade in, disappear, some foundations after time you find out that it was faulty and it breaks up. No matter how long it lasts, if it's not the foundation that God creates, it'll break up and it's got cracks in it and it's, and it's raggedy, right? But our Father has placed us on a sure, tested foundation. 
That's good news. Thank you, Lord. I can't thank him for you. I'm going to thank him for myself. Thank you, Lord, for putting me on a sure foundation. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord, for taking me off of that shaky stuff I was standing on and putting me on this sure rock. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Ezekiel 13, starting at verse number one, it says this. It says, And the Lord of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel who prophesy and say to those who prophesy out of their own mind and heart. Notice this. They prophesy out of their own mind and heart. God doesn't want you to build anything in your life that comes out of your own heart and your own mind. God doesn't want you building anything on your life that comes out of your own heart and and your own mind. That's why we have to put on the mind of Christ, right? We don't think big enough. You don't think big enough to build what God wants built on the foundation that he gave you. You think too small. Your thinking is limited. You, are only, you, you only have the advantage of your perspective and your experiences. You ain't thinking big enough to build the life that God wants built on the foundation that he gave you. Don't try to pull you know, vision from your own heart and your own mind. Don't try to pull and build on the foundation that God has given you from what you think and what you desire in yourself. It will always fall short. It will pale in comparison to what God wants to do with you. Amen. Amen. That's how you end up with a shack life. A little shack life on top of this foundation that God has given you. Look what's going to happen to the little shack life that we try to build for ourselves. All the raggedy stuff that we try to piece together. I'm saying we, because, you know, there have been some moments I try to pull some stuff together on my own, too. You know, you hear something from God and you try to make stuff happen and you think you're trying to figure it out. You know, I got some head nods. Y'all can understand. Right. Let me tell you what's going to happen to that shack, shack raggedy, rigged up (laughs) stuff. Look what he says. God doesn't want you building anything in your life that comes out of your own heart and your own mind. You don't think high enough. So what's the solution? Look what he tells him. He says, hear the word of the Lord. That's the solution. Hear the word of the Lord. What has God said concerning me? In verse 3, he says, thus thus says the Lord God, woe to the foolish prophets who follow their own spirit and things they have not seen and have seen nothing. Verse 5 says, You have not gone up into the gaps or breaches, nor built up the wall for the house of Israel, that it might stand in the battle in the day of the Lord. Skip down to verse 10, and it says, Because even because they have seduced my people, saying, Peace when there is no peace, and because when one builds, look what he says, a flimsy wall, behold, these prophets dab it over with whitewash. You see that? They build a flimsy wall, and they put plaster on it. Now to to think about it here, in the Hebrew word, this word for plaster had double meanings, okay? Not only did it mean plaster, but it also means it's going to fall down. So the Hebrews knew whenever I see this word meaning plaster, I already know that this is going to fall down. And that's what God is saying about the stuff that we try to build on the foundation that he's given you. It's plaster and it's whitewashed and it is going to fall down. It's going to fall down. I've been in some situations where I tried to rig some stuff together and I'm stressed out and I'm using all my energy, all my resources to pull some stuff together. And when it finally fell, I was like, thank you, Jesus, because I'm I was tired of trying to hold it up anyway. I don't even care no more. 
Come on now. Say to them who dab it with whitewash that it shall fall. There shall be a downpour of rain and you, O great hailstone, shall fall. And a violent wind shall tear apart the whitewashed flimsy wall. You know, sometimes people need help getting rid of their mess. Right? Sometimes some folks just need a strong wind to come through and knock down their stuff. Do you understand? Stop trying to maintain a mess. Stop trying to maintain a mess. Stop trying to maintain a mess. Because you know if God is doing it, there will be no stress. Amen. Right? Stop trying to maintain a mess. So, so some years ago, I'll just talk about myself, and hopefully as I'm talking about myself, y'all think about y'all self. So, <laughs> you know, I love, I like Jaguars. I like Jaguar cars. Okay? And um, I have for years. I mean, I can't even remember liking no other car. As far as I can remember, the first car I liked was a Jag. I just like them, right? So some years ago, um, <laughs> I started out in faith. I did. I was believing God, and I was confessing. And I'm telling you, man, I would get on the road, and I'm telling you, in one trip, one trip, I would see like 20 Jags. I mean, they're just coming from everywhere. I believe my faith, I was just drawing them to me, right? But I got a little anxious, and, and you know, and I went and got one. Oh, my goodness. Oh, what a mess. <sighs> I went and got one, and I rolled good for like three months. It was nice, too. It was nice. It was a nice blue camel leather interior. It was nice. I mean, it had some stuff in it. This is years ago. It had some stuff in it that, People advertising cars today. I mean, it was nice, right? And that thing floated like a cloud. Oh, man, I love that car. I did. A little too much. But anyway. <laughs> so three months, I rolled real good. I rolled real good in that car. And then the, um, the harmonic balancer. Ever heard of that? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody said yes. Other people were like, what? Harmonic? I didn't know a car had nothing to do with no harmony. <laughs> but the harmonic balancer went out in that thing. And... Cost eight hundred dollars to fix. Eight hundred dollars. I had eight hundred dollars to fix it. Taken care of. Man, I don't know if it was a month later, something else happened, and I had it back in the shop. Something was wrong with the fuel line, and <laughs> that car stayed in the shop. That car stayed in the shop. I took it to people who were supposed to be experts, and they couldn't tell me what was going on. I was so connected. I was so attached to this car. Oh my goodness. I'm telling you, one day. I pushed this car from, from one shop to the next shop. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Blocks. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> it was bad. Oh, man. I finally joined this church and got some wisdom. <laughs> My goodness. I was so glad God knocked that wall down. That thing was so flimsy. I called them people. I said, come get this car. No, you're going to come get this car. They was like, Mr. Mills, we don't want that car. I was like, no, you're going to come get this car. I ain't seen you now nothing. Come get it. Anyway. So sometimes you need some help knocking over that raggedy stuff that you're trying to put on this foundation that God has given you. Verse 12 says, behold, when the wall is falling, you will... Will you not be asked, where's the coating which you 
you know, people are going to make fun of you then. Wall falls down. Where's all that stuff you was building? That's what it says right there. All that stuff you was doing. Verse 14, check this out. Verse 14 says, so will I break down the wall that you have daubed with whitewash and bring it down to the ground so that its foundations will be exposed. That's a good part right there. I will break down the wall that you have daubed with whitewash and bring it down to the ground so that its foundations will be exposed. These are the people of God that he's talking to. He says, I'm going to knock over all of that ragged stuff that you've been trying to do. I'm going to knock down your little shantytown. I'm going to knock down all that shack stuff that we're trying to rig together and remind you of your foundation. When God repairs and corrects things, he goes all the way down to its foundation. And God wants to remind you of your foundation. Just to put it in your, in your imagination, God has given you a palace foundation. God has given you a foundation for a palace. What does that look like with a little shack house on it? Right? Some um, years ago, actually, um, not, a, not even a year, less than a year after 9-11 happened, um, for the young people, September 11, 2001, when the Twin Towers fell, I went up to New York, went to Manhattan, and went to the place where the towers used to stand. It's unbelievable. It was unbelievable. I mean, unbelievable. The, just the, the, the destroyed towers left a hole in the ground, right? Two, and they were kind of, you know, you can't distinguish the two holes in the ground. The, what they would call the, the footprint for the tower, the hole that was left there was, about 200 feet by 200 feet. That's big. 200 feet. That's, that's large enough to sit a 20-story um, building in laying down. So imagine a hole in the ground that big and 35 feet deep. The foundation really was 65 feet to bedrock, but because of the rubble and stuff, it was 35 feet deep. Three stories deep, this big old hole. Now, I had never seen the Twin Towers standing, not in person. But looking at the hole that was in the ground, you knew that it was something massive. You knew by looking at where the foundation was, you knew it wasn't no little bitty building on top of this foundation. You understand that? Some years ago, you know, not too, don't seem like long ago. My wife and I, we had our first house built. And as it was being built, we would go out and, and you know, you know how you watch the process, right? And I remember when they put the slab down for the foundation, okay? But just by looking at the foundation, because we looked at the plans, because we walked through the model, we had seen what it's supposed to look like. When they laid the foundation, you automatically can see what's going to happen here. You can tell what was supposed to be built here by the foundation. By looking at the foundation, I already know what's supposed to be here.
Glory to God. God says, I'm going to knock down all this stuff that you've been trying to makeshift and rig together and remind you of your foundation. When you look at your foundation, if you look at the foundation that he gave you, see, the foundation builds expectation for what's supposed to be built on top. When you see the foundation, it grows expectation in you of what's supposed to go there. When we look at the foundation of Jesus, when we look at the foundation of the apostles, when we look at the foundation of the prophets, I know ain't no paycheck to paycheck life supposed to be on this foundation. I know the, the foundation that he's put me on, this foundation with Jesus as the cornerstone, the apostles and the prophets, I know, I know the life that goes on this foundation is not a life where I'm maintenancing my disease and sickness. I know that's not the life that goes on top of this foundation. When I look at this foundation, when I look at the foundation that he's laid for me, when I think about Jesus, when I think about the apostles, when I think about the prophets, I know that a life of depression and loneliness ain't supposed to go on this foundation. Just by looking at the foundation. You ain't got to show me no walls. I don't, need any, I don't need to see the ceiling and don't talk to me about the furniture yet. But just by looking at the foundation, I know something great is supposed to go on this foundation because the foundation is great. God's given us a palace foundation. Glory to God. To put a palace type life on top of it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Mm. Let's look at Psalms 11, the 11th Psalm. Starting, well, we're going to read the whole thing, starting in verse 1. I'm going to read it from the Message Bible. I mean, think about your foundation. Really, you know, there's scriptures that talk to us about keeping our eyes fixed on Christ and thinking about things above. But if we think about the foundation that we've already been given, this foundation determines what's going to be built on top of it. When I think about Jesus and his finished works, that speaks to me of what type of life is supposed to be on this foundation. I mean, you can just keep it right there at Jesus. I mean, Jesus is good enough. That is our cornerstone. Everything that the apostles talked about, everything that the prophets talked about, rests on the cornerstone. But then if I, were, if I were to think about the apostles, the apostles of our faith, I mean, we can go back to, to biblical times. We can talk about some current life people. I know I ain't supposed to be broke when the apostles like Oral Roberts done came and talked to me about seed, time, and harvest. Seed, time, and harvest is in my foundation. Do you understand that? Kenneth Copeland is a part of my foundation. Cruffalo Dollar, that's my foundation. Greg Poe, that's in my foundation. Now, if that's in my foundation... My goodness, what I'm building, what God is building on that foundation has to be great. Yes. The building on top has to be a reflection of the foundation. Yes. Whew, I ain't settling no more. I ain't settling for nothing less. 
I can't settle for nothing less. Not when I got this foundation that I got. Not with this foundation. Can't build anything else. Amen. Um, the 11th Psalm, starting at verse number one, it says this. So what happens, what happens when we start to reflect on this foundation that we've been given? Verse one says, I've already run for dear life straight to the arms of God. So why would I run away now when you say run to the mountains? The evil bows are bent, the wicked arrows aim to shoot under cover of darkness at every heart open to God. What is he saying? He says, he's saying, listen, he's got people in his ear, you know, um, in our day, you know, you got the news media talking, people talking to you, and they're telling you, and you're hearing all these negative reports, and they're telling you that you need to run to this and run to that. And he says, they said, run to the mountains. And he says, why would I run to the mountains when I've already put my trust in God? Why, why, would, I, why would I flee? Why am I running? Why am I seeking all of this other stuff? Why am I seeking advice and information from all these other places? Why am I seeking all of these other sources when I've already put my trust in God? Is what he's saying. And he asked the question, why? So they start to answer him. And they say, the bottom's dropped out of the country. This is the same scripture in the King James Version that we often, I think we misquote it. It says, if the foundations be removed, what do the righteous do? Well, he's not talking about the foundations of the righteous. He's talking about the foundations of society. When the bottom drops out of society, what do the righteous do? What are the good people going to do? What are the righteous people going to do when society is a mess? When things in society are falling apart, when the systems of society fall apart, when things that said work ain't working no more, what do the righteous do? And the answer is the righteous have already run to God. Look what he says next. He says, in verse, starting at verse 4, it says, But God hasn't moved to the mountains. Why am I running to the mountains? God ain't moved to the mountains. His holy address hasn't changed. He's in charge as always. Good market, bad market. Good economy, bad economy. No matter who's in the White House, doesn't matter. None of that matters. God is still God. God still God. His address hasn't changed. I ran to him a long time ago, and that doesn't change because of what's happening in the society around me. Verse 7 says, God's business is putting things right. He loves getting the lines straight. Setting us straight or setting us upright. It says, once we're standing tall, we can look him straight in the eye. Or once we're standing tall, once he sets us upright, we can look at him face to face. Say, I'm set on a firm foundation. And listen to this. So don't be in a hurry. Don't be in a hurry to build. Don't be in a hurry. Understand that patience and perseverance, those are part of the building blocks on what, God's, on what God is building in your life. Don't get in a hurry. You want the reward of consistency. In 1 Kings chapter 6, starting at uh, verse 37 from the King James Version, I'm not in a hurry. We're going to let God build the house. Let the Lord build the house. 1 Kings chapter 6, starting at verse 37, it says, In the fourth year was the foundation of the house of the Lord laid. You see that? 
in the month of Ziph. Now, notice that it took four years, it was four years before the foundation was laid. Don't be in a hurry. It was four years before the foundation is laid. Verse 38 says, and in the 11th year, in the month of Bull, which is the eighth month, was the house finished throughout all the parts thereof, and according to all the fashion of it, so was he seven years in building it. It's talking about Solomon building his house. It says, in the, fourth, the foundation wasn't laid until the fourth year. And then the house on top of the foundation, it took seven years to build that. So don't get in a hurry. Be patient. But the end of this says that In the eighth month was the house finished throughout all the parts thereof. So when it was done, it was completely done. It was completely finished. There was nothing missing in it. It was right and according to all the fashion of it. You understand that? I mean, it was done. It was laid out. It was complete. It was a full, complete life, full, complete house. We want full, complete lives, missing nothing. You understand that? I don't want to have prosperity, but I'm missing relationships. Right? I don't want to have prosperity, I'm missing my health. We want a full, complete life. So trust the builder. God is building the house. Amen? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, goodness. All right. So the foundation was laid. It may take time, but the foundation will be laid. It takes time. He will complete what he started. God doesn't provide a foundation. God doesn't provide a foundation unless he intends to build something on it. That's good news right there. God God wouldn't have given you the foundation that he gave you unless he was intending to build something on top of it. Oh, man. That's a sure promise right there. Reason that God set the foundation, he laid the foundation so that he can build something on it. So what do we do when we're reminded of our foundation? What do we do? What's going to happen? What happens as I focus on my foundation, as I meditate on my foundation? As I look down on my foundation, as I'm reminded about what Jesus means, as I'm reminded about what, the, what was re- revealed through the prophets, as I'm reminded of what was established through the apostles, what does that do? What does it build on the inside of me? Let's look at it, Ezra chapter 3. Ezra, cha- Ezra chapter 3. Starting at verse number 10. From the King James Version, it says this. Goodness. This is the proof that you get it. This right here, this is proof that you get it. It says this, it says, And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set the priests in their apparel with trumpets, and the Levites, the son of Asaph, Asaph was the father of the musicians, right? Asaph with cymbals to do what? To praise the Lord. Why are they praising the Lord? Because the foundation was laid. No walls, no ceilings, no furniture, but they look at the foundation and they understand what the foundation means. And because of what the foundation means, they began to praise the Lord. 
because the foundation builds expectation. As I'm looking at this foundation, I expect, I can see what's supposed to be built here, and I'm not going to wait till the wall goes up. I can praise him right now, because if he laid the foundation, I know he's going to get the building. That's good news. Hallelujah. We can get excited about the foundation. Glory to God. Christ in your foundation causes expectation. I expect Christ's finished work to manifest in my life. I expect the apostles, the apostles' doctrines to manifest in my life. I expect the word of the prophets to manifest in my life. So I'm going to shout over the foundation. In my life right now, the walls might not be right. This may not be the roof I want. I might have hodgepodge some furniture together, you know. I got a little rooms to go. Got a little goodwill. I got a little auntie left this for me, you know, but that's okay. That's okay. I'm going to praise God because of the foundation. Amen. Praise God for the foundation. Glory to God. You might be upset or discontent and feeling ashamed because you're not where you want to be. Stop. Stop trying to piecemeal your life together. Stop trying to build your shack life. Stop trying to hold up shack walls. God has given you a foundation. God's given you a foundation that will hold a palace. Hallelujah. So before you just go start building something on it, take some time to look down and praise God for the foundation. Hallelujah. In Ezra chapter 3, verse 11, it says they sang together and they praised God because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Praise God for the foundation. We're familiar with this passage of scripture in, in Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, starting at verse 47 from the King James Version. It says, whoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. I'll show you who he is like, okay? I'll show you who he is like. So he's using this as an analogy or as an example. He says, he is like a man who built a house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. Notice this. The house didn't move because of the foundation. The house didn't move because of the foundation. Notice he didn't mention the walls. He didn't mention the roof. He didn't mention anything else. All he talked about was the foundation. He said because the foundation was right. When the winds blew, when the stream rose, the house didn't move because the foundation is right. In verse 16, it says, therefore, thus says the Lord God, behold, I'm laying in Zion. I'm sorry. In verse 49, it says, but he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation. He's like a man who doesn't have a foundation. Stop acting like you don't have a foundation. Stop acting like people who don't have a foundation. You've got a foundation. Stop trying to find, you, you know, you, you got saved, you joined the church, you've got a foundation. Stop being thirsty. Thirsty for other stuff and looking for other stuff. You got a foundation. Oh, shoot. I ain't even going to go there. Oh, my goodness. Somebody pulled that one out, one of y'all. I ain't even going to talk about that too much. But you've got a foundation. Look at the foundation that you've been given. Chew on the foundation that you've been given. Listen, some months ago, Holy Spirit told me, he said, listen, the, we, those of you who have been around here for a while, 
If you ain't heard another word, you got enough. <laughs> you got enough to have you a palace life off of what you heard. If you chew and focus on the foundation that you've already been given. <laughs> oh, goodness. Back to Isaiah 28, 16. We're going to close here. Verse 16. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, behold, I'm laying in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone of sure foundation. He who believes, trusts in, relies on, and adheres to that stone will not be ashamed or give way or hasten in sudden panic. Amen. Amen. Did you get something out of the word tonight? Amen. Amen. Well, stand up and give God some praise for it then. Hallelujah. Go ahead and give God a shout. Thank you, Lord, for the foundation. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, that we stand secure on a sure foundation. Thank you, Lord, for what you provided to us. You provided us with Jesus and his finished work. You provided us with word and revelation from prophets, men and women of God. Thank you, Lord, for our foundation. Hallelujah. Thank you that there's hope in our foundation. Thank you that there's expectation because of the foundation that you've given us. Thank you, Father, that as we focus on our foundation, as we look at our foundation, it builds an expectation of great things to come. Hallelujah. And we trust in you. We rely in you. We won't be moved. We won't be tossed to and fro. We've been given a sure foundation. Our lives are built on the solid rock who is none other than Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you so much, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. We just praise you in this moment, Lord. We're so grateful for what you've done in our lives. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Go ahead and give God some praise. Hallelujah. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you. If you would like to help us further expand the vision, simply text the word GIVERTM to the number 41444 or visit us online at www.revealingtruth.org. Now remember, Jesus loves you.